What's happening, beautiful people? Welcome to Deeply Felt, the podcast where musicians discuss the art that inspires them and what they do with that inspiration. My name is Rowan Smith. Thank you for joining me. Today on the podcast, friend, producer, DJ, and co-host of the Three the Hard Way podcast, Mr. E.F. Cutton. He brought in the 1993 release from A Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. It was a great conversation. Stick around for that. Friends, I'm very excited this week. Uh, I found a great song to play for you at the top of the show. Um, as is usually the case, I was on a mad dash to get a design project done. And I was digging through the inner recesses of the internet trying to find some motivational music to keep me going through the wee hours of the night. And uh, I came across this album called Motivational Music for the Syncopated Soul from this cat named Corey Wong. Yes, please. Yeah, uh... Motivational music for the syncopated soul from a guy named Corey Wong. This has to be an interesting album. So I press play. Holy shit was I right. What a great record. The song I want to play for you at the top of the show is called Limited World. It features a singer by the name of Caleb Holly, who in his own right is a pretty amazing artist. And I would urge you to check him out when you can. But it's Corey Wong that I want to talk about today. Corey Wong is a rhythm guitar player out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Born in New York, raised in St. Paul, and you can tell he's got that Minnesota sound. Um, you'll see what I'm talking about when I play the track for you. It's called Limited World. It's the opening track off of Corey Wong's most recent release. He's got a few out. Uh, this one, I think, is my favorite one. They seem to get better, which is always the sign of a true artist to me when someone's albums continue to evolve one after the next rather than getting stale one after the next. So uh, his newest record is my favorite one out of the whole body of work. Um, and the very first track off of this album is probably, well, you know what? I can't even say that that's my favorite track because there's like three or four songs on this record that I keep going back to over and over again. There isn't a skipper on this record. Not one track is worthy of a skip, but there's about four or five of them, three or four that are worth constant rotation the track i want to play you today is the first track i heard uh perhaps one of the funkiest pieces of music that i've heard from a modern artist in a very long time now when i say funk i'm not talking about the og southern new orleans funk i'm talking about that brand of funk that was created by people like jimmy jam and terry like uh like prince morris day in the time that minneapolis sound which is very much tied to my childhood. It's kind of the first funk music that I heard growing up. And had I not heard that Minneapolis funk music, I may not have been as receptive to the George Clintons and to the meters of the world, right? So anyway, guys, check out this track from an artist that I'm very excited about. The album is called Motivational Music for the Syncopated Soul from artist Corey Wong featuring Caleb Holly. The track is called Limited World. Straight up to the gate, I don't wanna be late Ooh, but man, I gotta play the catch Trying to make an escape, ain't it gonna be great When they read my name, yeah Time to show this little time what they been missing Should've never ever listened to the rhythm of the person They were never gonna have it my way Get up, take a seat Listen up to the rhythm of the beat Featuring Caleb Holly, amazing singer. Uh, Corey Wong, come on. This album, motivational music for the syncopated soul. This dude is really interesting to me because he's not, he's a guitar player that's not necessarily concerned with impressing you with face melter after face melter or, or trick after trick. This is a guitar player that's more concerned with, it sounds to me like, uh, melody and arrangement. And the band he's got with him too, holy shit. So good, so tight. This band and this album remind it. 
if I had to come up with an analogy, it's like a, a, a what if the band that played with Steely Dan on the Alive in America tour were all from Minneapolis, Minnesota, right? It's got that tightness and that the, the jazzy chords and the arrangements of a Steely Dan album, but it's got that rhythm and that funk and that spirit of the Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul region of, of funk music, right? Uh, Another thing I love about this album is there are portions of the album that sound as if they may have been recorded live. And when I say that, I mean the whole band all together in one room playing at the same time. Uh, because you can hear them communicating with each other. You can hear the grunts of excitement when one player is impressed with another player's choice. Um, you can hear them uh, you know, talking about how amazed they are at that take that they just played. It's, it just adds to that feeling of excitement uh, by the players and the excitement that this music creates in the listener. And look, if that's the case, kudos to the sound engineer for getting the separation and the and the lush sound that you got out of uh, out of a one room recording. If if that's in fact what happened, I try. I'm trying to find all the credits on this album, and I, all I find is Corey Wong, primary artist. Uh, unfortunately, I am liner noteless when it comes to this particular album, and it's not the way I like to be, ever. Uh, the liner notes are disappearing. In any case, the band is amazing. Corey Wong's arrangements and playing and choices and melodies are great. I mean, truly great. Uh, some of these songs, in fact, the first three songs on this album are as close to a perfect block of music as any artist has gotten, in my opinion. Just a beautifully constructed series of songs on a beautifully constructed album. Uh, and we all know how much I love an artist that can put together an album and not just somebody that puts together a series of singles. Corey Wong is one of those artists that takes the time to craft something beautiful. Uh, do what you gotta do to support it, friends. Download it, buy it, stream it, go see him live. The album is called Motivational Music for the Syncopated Soul. This track is Limited World featuring Caleb Holly. His name is Corey Wong. All right, guys, coming up next, I've got a great conversation with my man E.F. Cutton about a hip-hop classic. A Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. Before we get into that, guys, I want to remind you that I want to be hipped to music that I am not hip to. Send your suggestions to me to play and review at the top of the show to deeplyfeltpodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at deeplyfeltpodcast. Until then, guys, I've got a great episode coming up for you. EF Cutting discussing A Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. This is Deeply Felt. Studio today is DJ and producer Mr. EF Cutton. Starting as far back as 1994, he was the DJ and producer for Psycho Ward. He had the first DJ mix show back after Hurricane Katrina here in New Orleans with the Big Ass Morning Show, which he also co-created. He toured as a DJ and opener with Jet Life and Currency and has continued DJing for Jet Lounge up until recently. He was a constant staple at the Sound Clash and Grassroots events here in New Orleans back in the day. Mr. E.F. Cutton, how are you, my man? Oh, man, I'm great, man. How you doing, man? It's great to be here. I'm doing all right, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, when I... When I thought about getting you on, I thought, you know what, if I can get EF on the show, I know that number one, he's going to give me really good music to listen to. And number two, when it comes time to play his music, it's going to be as good, if not better, than the music that we've already listened to. So you're one of those guys, man. I'm really happy you're here. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely appreciate that. Yeah, man. So what inspires you on a daily basis? Uh, on a daily basis, definitely my family, man. My wife, yeah. my wife and my son. Like my son, he's 16 and he has autism, um, but he's very, very musical. Like mm -hmm. he, he'll sit, he like, I got his eye machine on his iPad. Like he can deconstruct songs because he has, he has the, wow. he has the wherewithal to actually search. How old? He's 16. Okay. He has the wherewithal to actually search for the, all the different sounds that machine has mm -hmm. and he'll find and tune the sounds as close as he can get to his favorite records and replay those records. That's beautiful, man. It is nuts. That is but, beautiful. I love it. Know. I love it when uh, us, uh, we as parents can see ourselves a little bit yeah. in our kids. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's in there, but when they take up our 
personal interests, not just right. our facial expressions or our mannerisms, but right. like when the they actually, like. yeah, yeah, they become little and they take it to another level. Big time. Right. Big time. Cause he's scary. Once he, once he puts it all together, it's going to be scary. Really? Yeah. I think so. It's going to be scary. <laughs> and my great, wife man. definitely is a, a more constant motivator. Like she's my number one cheerleader. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? She like kind of like crosses the T's and dots the I's like we like to say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. they, and, and she's, obviously got to be supportive yeah definitely. of the fact that because i mean you've been doing you've been yeah. djing and producing yeah. for a very long time big time and, and she's been through it she's been through the struggles she's been through the times when they actually paid saying. the bills that's what i'm saying you when know. when there's a when there's a relationship that one of them is an artist of any kind that has been doing it for that long you have to know that their partner is really supportive big time that's a beautiful thing man big time big that's time. great you've been doing this in new orleans since what 90 like, what i moved here like i've been doing this since 83 okay i moved to new orleans in 92 from from west palm beach florida west palm beach florida all right i have to imagine that's a huge culture shock a big difference what brought you to new orleans from retail brought me here because i was you know i was djing back and i was djing there but it was more like you know i had a little group little rap group me and my man we were just you know really yeah. just trying to get it together um wasn't really doing anything outside of like smaller parties then because they basically had their had a scene that i was you know we we're just trying to get our feet into at sure. the time and then opportunity came arrived for me to move here Okay. So I. And took, what was yeah, the opportunity? It was uh, managing a shoe store because I was an assistant manager down at the in the at the store. It's called the Wild Pair, and it was <laughs> okay. like, "Say, man, we got an uh, opportunity for you. We want to come manage your store." At first, I was thinking they're gonna like send me to Miami or somewhere. I was right. like, "Well, yeah, cool." And you say, "Well, the store is in New Orleans." I was like, "Okay." How old were you? I was 22. You were I had 22. just like literally like I had just turned 22 like September. This happened like the beginning of October. Yeah, I moved to New year. Orleans when I was 21. Most people I know that move to New Orleans, it usually happens like right. in that weird time where if they land somewhere they like, they just might stay. Right. And that's right? really what it was. Like yeah. I landed here and it was the cost of living was what brought me here. And then, of course, you know, the music, the food, yeah. just the art, everything you hear about it. And then when you get here and you see it so much more absolutely you do you know i was like you know what i think i found my home and yeah i just never left yeah that's beautiful man yep. so okay so how did you become uh a staple the staple that you have become in the new orleans hip-hop scene because i know when i got here right in 2000 right late 2000 and I started my thing. By the time you and I met, it would have been a couple years later. Right. But you were doing things with uh, Truth Universal, and uh, and you were you were doing a lot of the grassroots stuff. And, right. And, and I was catching Cause, you because you was doing stuff with Bionic. Yeah. Like y'all had Quickie Mart. Quickie, you know y'all. That was you know yeah that was it there. Yeah, man, know. I appreciate that. But you were always one of those dudes when I would catch you. Um, you were always really nice to me. That, <laughs> that was one thing yeah. that was really hard to come by in the hip hop community in general. Right. right. Cause it's so, it's I'm so, sorry about oh, all it's that. all good. It's just so competitive. People are so, you know, standoffish a lot and that's anywhere you go. But yep. I was never really that type. I was okay. never really that way. I was always, you know, look, you cool with me. I'm cool with you. We sure. do, we're doing the same thing, man. Maybe we can, you know, let's vibe. Let's work. Cause that's, a, that's a beautiful thing yep. about you, man. But yep. yeah, every time. Every time I saw you, you were one of the few people that was encouraging. Number one, like, yeah, that was a good set. Usually other cats were like, man, if you have a good set, rappers are not happy with you. No, because <laughs> a, a good set for you means they're not going to get attention. Right. Or maybe. Right. right. It's just it means they have to work harder. Exactly. And I feel like I made some motherfuckers work. You did, bro. <laughs> All right. Remember, I, used to, I always tell you. One thing I, used to, I always say, I was like, man, like. Your fucking breath control was just Thank you, man. otherworldly. It was just on another I level. I appreciate that, man. And it was easy working, like like even like listening to you and because I was working with Nate, you know, right, you know, before he passed, like mm -hmm. we was working together, like we really started nailing stuff down. Yeah. Around like about two thousand, right, around early late two thousand three, early two thousand four, you know, up and through Katrina. Uh huh. And his work ethic, and I was like, you know. Watching him just do it in the studio, like Look. he write, like he's writing a rap. And when you that's say not Nate, what he's I'm doing. sorry, when I'm you sorry, say Bi Nate, Bionic we're talking Bionic Brown. Yes, Rest Bionic in peace, Bionic Brown. Absolutely. Yes. So, watching him in the studio, like I'm playing the beat, and I'm thinking he's writing to the beat that I'm playing, mm -hmm. but that's not the song he's going to do to it. No, of course not. <laughs> he had yellow notepads full, yeah. man, like those yeah. legal notepads full yeah. of raps. I, to, I call, I started calling them three take Nate, and it I'm wasn't, and you, it wasn't like it was takes for like mistakes. It no. was like. First take was for timing. The second take mm -hmm. was for his inflection. And the third take, he just killed. Or it was one take. Right. 
And then he come back with, okay, I need to do an ad lib here. Yeah, an ad lib. Yeah. You know, I need to, I need to do my little hook. I need to add a harmony here. Nope. And then, uh, but yeah, man, working with him was, it, it was difficult too, for me, because uh, he and I were so very different. Right. It was we very well, different yeah. people. I mean, yeah. But that's what worked about the. That's what the worked group. about the group. Yeah, and I can see like Martin was like the glue. Quick, absolutely had to, like, he yeah. was. Yeah. Absolutely he was. But. Back to my point. Every time I saw you, you were one of the few guys had a smile on his face after the set and you were like, fuck yeah, man, you killed it. And conversely, every time I did not have a DJ and you were in the building, you always DJed for me. Yeah. And I always appreciated that. Fucking man. right, man. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Okay. So as one of my favorite DJs and producers in the city. Right. Uh, how the fuck do you keep up? Just the internet just like everybody just else internet. just listening i feel like what's out there a i mean week goes by and i fell off it is you, you can <laughs> no seriously you can and and like music is so subjective and everybody is so you know like we like this we don't like that mm -hmm. um for me i kind of keep i still keep tabs on all of it because right. i don't know where they're gonna drop me off at and play mm -hmm. you know it could be a bunch i could be playing for a bunch of 16 year olds and yeah. All they, all they want to hear are, you know, the current crop of right. what's happening. And, you know, you got to be able to give it to them. And it's a shocker sometimes when they see a guy like with a gray beard that can that can do it and flex. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It shocks me. Like, Man, Absolutely. Oh, and this old dude flexing too. Look, you know, and. Well, a lot of times the, the, the guys from our school. Right stay flexing like well, we can't not entertainment right? value right we, right 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 it's we we understood the whole point of entertainment value mm -hmm. it's we understood that it was more than just getting up on that stage and like looking down and rapping it right. was you know really engaging with the crowd making sure the crowd by the time you finish the crowds on your you know the crowds got your back i agree you know? i agree and, wholeheartedly and we understood that better than a lot of people i think so i think well the also the the art of the performance yeah. is kind of it's going away it's pantomime it's really it's it's, it's, it's lip sync like, if you notice everybody right. has a backing track yeah you're right you know you're right like, like shout out to my man marcel p black who embarked on the real rap real mcs don't rap over vocals tour and july was actually mcs don't rap over vocals month wow so you know that's, that's what's amazing up. yeah that's a great so but i like that title because <laughs> that's what they do now everybody is so they're so they don't want to go to sound check they don't want to rehearse so they just put the put the put, just put the vocals on yeah and we're just gonna sing along with the vocals and, right and it's drop almost in. just like a paid appearance yeah right literally like you paid appearance really yeah you know that's that's distressing and i mean i you see it in you see it mostly in in pop music yeah. across the board which yeah. is which i mean i mean it's understood sure. that like if i'm going if i'm going to see janet jackson you're not going to see janet jackson sing you're going to see janet jackson dance move and entertain and well, so yeah you expect yeah. the back and track with that right. like now if it's going to be a ballad yeah i want to hear your voice sure but yeah if you just you can i don't want you're going to be trying to be out of breath i don't want to yeah. hear <laughs> yeah or during rhythm nation yeah. or something right, right. <laughs> just hell just play the track <laughs> do your thing do your thing pantomime we got it but yeah. for mcs mm -hmm. for like for mcs and hip-hop that was always a no-go like right. yeah you can have your you can have ad-libs mm -hmm. you, you can have drop in and drop outs that's yeah. cool but the whole record yeah and also like style like you yeah. had to have your own style Correct. if you got off stage and somebody was like you remind me of nas or you remind me of this person or that person right it was uh it was oh shit right i gotta i, gotta, know, I need to switch up i gotta switch right? up yep it, you know the only thing you, upon. the only thing you even wanted if you if it was like a reminder it would be like a voice mm -hmm. like your voice sounds like so and so but you gotta style all your own right you know what i mean right and that works mm -hmm. but yeah <clears throat> like we come from the school where it was originality it was mm -hmm. your pen now let me ask you this does the same apply i mean i know it from an mc standpoint right does the same apply for djs yeah does it, and, and producers is it like was it yeah. a bad thing to sound like another to have a, a production style like another person i mean it wasn't a bad thing it was like as long as it wasn't a direct right. facsimile of that style mm -hmm. like you know if somebody can say man that kind of reminded me of primo that's cool right you know yeah that's cool but if it's like is that a primo beat because right, it's like right. you doing the chop the exact same way on the four everything uh -huh. the, the funny noise on the four is like this is not like a beat that he would do right like nah 
No. Yeah, that was okay. Now, what about what about uh, DJing skills like like turntablism? Turntablism, I think turntablism does that even exist? Does, yeah, it still yeah? does. It still does. No, no, to no. A degree. I don't mean oh. turntablism itself. What I mean oh. is, does that differentiation between styles and like the need to have your own now more thing. than ever? Yeah, more than ever with technology because now you've incorporated like the mixer used to be. You know, the mixer. The mixer's function in turntablism was really for the crossfades and the faders and making the chops nice and sweet. And, yeah. You know, the transforms and all the flares and the rips. Well, now they've been with the new mixers where you have like a sampler built in or you have like different cue points and different hot cues and different. Uh -huh. You can do a lot different things, whereas it's you can do a lot more seamless showmanship mixes. Okay. Like a lot of like EDM edits, 16, you can you know, 16 chop. Eight right. chops, stuff like that, and you can incorporate a lot more into it. Uh -huh. So it's it can be kind of intimidating, man. To yeah. like to to old head like me sometimes. And I watch some of the new kids do <laughs> yeah. like shit because it's like because they because now they've been they've been able to incorporate a lot of the turntablism into like live club sets. Okay, and just with editing now, do they mm -hmm. like do they actually incorporate? turntablism true honest to god old school turntablism with this new technology or yeah, has the technology them. taken over the old school turntablism it's a little bit of both uh -huh. like certain djs like you have certain djs that that respect the culture that want to always stay immersed in it and they yeah. will always practice and and they'll incorporate they do it now you okay. got a lot of hustlers mm. the hustlers I always say the people that you know they go out and spend the 200 dollars on the little controller set and right you know and just go just play records be just go be an ipod for 150 bucks for four hours or something <laughs> like that yeah you know you got those guys and but no but what, like, so what's the ratio between like the the real guys and the oh, and it's the... a lot more it's a lot it's more hustlers than real djs okay. there's only a few there's a lot of people that think it's a game sure that play it for a game there's only a few of us that still treat it like a sport is it because we're just old and that's what we think or is that the fact that's the fact okay. no like i tell people no i'm serious like i tell people i'm like it's like video games it's like sports versus video games right. when we treated hip-hop you came up hip-hop was a sport you yeah, got breath absolutely control. It was. It's like calisthenics. You had to work out mm -hmm. like flows, like like wordplay, like types of flows, different types of flows, double double time, triple right, time, sure. quadruple time, run-ons. Just you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like all these things that was were, that all these things were integral to what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Whereas absolutely. once they dumbed everything down, it became more of like a game. It's like MC, like rap hero. <laughs> <laughs> rap hero yeah it's like that's the only thing they didn't wrong. do like they did guitar hero they slowed guitar playing down and made it a game and you yeah. can play three chords and get a hit record right uh dj hero basically ushered in the controller era and everybody wow. oh i can do this that's an interesting hypothesis yeah. i haven't heard and that it, one yet and Video it became games. a game and it became a game everybody can play games right you know that's what I mean? interesting it ain't a that's sport interesting and so all right so let's take it back to when this art form that the both of us love and kind of grew up on right was a sport mm -hmm. and what it was important to be innovative in a different a different kind of uh an artist than your garden your peers. variety right correct so uh what was one of the albums that when you were coming up you listened to that spoke to you more than any other one that directly influenced your work probably it'll be tribe called quest midnight marauders okay now when yeah. you told me that record i got so fucking excited yeah i got so goddamn excited yeah <laughs> i ran to my record collection and I couldn't believe I don't own it. Ooh. I know. I have it digitally, but right. I, I should have. I should have. I couldn't believe yep. it. All my wax got, you know, got washed away in Katrina. Mm. But definitely that was, yeah. Bro, just the album cover alone. Exactly. Just the album cover alone. All those artists. Exactly. And, and it shows you, it, it was just that time when you, they paid, they just showed love. You saw artists exactly. that you wouldn't even expect to see on that. Like, you wouldn't like you wouldn't have thought too short would be on that album cover right you know what i mean well, i mean who look like look yeah, at all like, these cats we got the beastie boys like, tribe car or uh, far side right you know houdini ice t mc light <laughs> you know buster rhymes you'd expect that one. chuck d right you got chuck african bambano on yeah, there yeah man um you got the beasties you know what i mean it's just it's crazy cool mo d heavy d you know it's it, it's, oh, here you go. Here you right. go. Here's the whole list. Yeah, you get the whole lineup of it, man. It's like third base, African Men by the AMG, Ant Banks, Beastie Boys, Awesome Two, Black Moon, Buster Rhymes, Casual, Chi Ali, Chub Rock, Chuck D, Cold Crush, Daddy O, 
Dallas Austin, Dale the Funky Homo Sapien, Diamond D, Daylight, Dr. Dre, Dougie Fresh, Fab Five Freddy, Grandmaster D, Grandmaster Flash, Heavy D, Ice T, Jazzy J, Jazzy Joyce, Jungle Brothers, Kid Capri, Red Alert, Cool Mo D, Large Professor, Lightro, Lords in the Underground, MC Light, Neat the Exotic, Organized Confusion, The Far Side, Rashad, Tumbling, Dice Smith, Rocksteady Crew, Crazy Legs, Mr. Wizzle, Pee Wee Dance, and Rule, DJ Ron G, DJ Silver D, Puffy, Skeff Anselm, Souls of Mischief, Special Ed, Sweet T, Too Short, and Zulu Nation Supreme Council. That's a lot of, And that's a lot of love, bro. Can I tell like, you how bad I wanted to be a face on that album cover Me when too. I was a kid. Me too. I was like, oh, look, look, they got some of my favorite guys on there. I want to be bro. on there too, right? That show, and that kind of like, that was almost kind of like one of the things that when, as the cycle war grew, mm. like we wanted to grow we wanted to, to a, do something to a, like that. So it could be everybody. Hell yeah, like man. That. I mean, this is, this is, I want to say it's a who's who of New York rap, but it is. it's not but it's just not, New got, York. Yeah, you got some West Coast cats on there. Uh, it's really showing like solidarity yeah, among, among, a lot the of the, um, among a lot of the coasts. Yep. Not only that, but also uh, it's not so ex- it's not so, so as exclusionary as hip hop could be. Right. Hip hop is not. so concerned with like what borough or what city or what crew or what coast, you know, mm-hmm. what team do you play for? Right. Uh, whereas this was like, if you're down with tribe, yeah, you, let me get you on with the us. cover. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That just that cut cover alone yep. made me excited to dig into this album, man. What because. was it about this record that spoke to you so heavily? Well, I'll always be in the tribe fan. It was like I was anticipating it because, all right, People's Instinctive was a very, very dope album. It was also one of my like one of my top ten favorites, just for the innovativeness of it. Yeah. But it was really happy. It was campy. Low end theory kind of took that and almost kind of mm. just like did a one eighty. It was harder, and I was it like, was oh, deep. Well, I mean, yeah. low end theory just just the sonically, right? It was, it was, it was a, a lot of lower, bass heavy, low lo fi, yeah, lo fi. It was you know just like okay, they can get kind of gritty with yeah. it. Yeah. So. When they announced the title, I'm like, shit, Midnight Marauders. And I'm like, mm. okay, they're working with a lot of different. I know, like, Raphael Sadiq um, and Tony oh, Tony actually, Tony. Hold up, let's some look shit. at some That's of another the... one of my favorite records on there. Which, which one? Tony, Mid- Tony? Midnight. Midnight? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Raphael Sadiq kind of did some uh, co work on that. Is, is that a track on this album? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Hold up. Let's yeah. see. I like, have... Midnight would probably, you would probably count it as the title track. Really? Yeah. See, when I think of this record, I think of. Uh, uh, a war tour yeah did they put ralph on there oh yeah oh you got the whole lineup look uh skeff anselm composer producer skip yep, anselm composer yep. producer steve arlington steve arrington yep, from slave composer buster rhymes guest artist Pete P- christensen assistant engineer tom tom what? tom coin yeah he tom did, the did the mastering i mean they're oh yeah they, they put a lot of people in here oh, a lot yeah. of people helped him out and i'm assuming when they say composer they art neville yeah Leonardo Santelli, so they got those the, are the samples. Yeah, they got the sample credits. <laughs> so that's Definitely. what it is. That's yeah. what we're looking at. There's yeah, you got a lot of sample credits. In there. I was gonna say, wow, there's like a lot. Yeah, of, Raphael Wiggins, Raphael Sadiq. Yeah, he's down at the end. Yep, Carol Weinberg. Yeah, I mean True Goy, bro. It's and what's great when I read these lists is mm-hmm. I hear names mm-hmm. that I only ever heard in other hip hop songs. Oh, like Bob Power. Uh-huh. Skeff Anselm. <laughs> Skeff. Yep. Scott is like, who is Skeff Anselm? But I'm like, Skeff Anselm, he, he gets, gets props, props again. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, yeah, man. These, uh, Definitely, bro. This album was a was defining just, moment in mine, in my, in my hip hop learning was, experience as well. It was like the perfect storm to me because mm. it was almost like the perfect, it was like the perfect, it was like they took what they did with low end theory and they put a little shine on it yeah kind of glossed it up a little bit they did it was a bit more yeah. mainstream yeah. and more focused it, yeah and but it was still undeniably a hip-hop album because it was an sample, instant classic the samples oh my god the, sam- the, the sample selection that they went through with it this, right. whatever they did down in Fife's basement yeah in his grandmother's like basement those selections bro wherever they got those records wherever yep. they i mean these samples i've 
you know the do you, are you familiar with the dusty fingerprint series yeah okay i've got those and okay like almost every one of the the samples that they use pops up on, on oh yeah those, it pops up dusty on the fingers uh compilations and those yeah. are just comp if you don't know what those are dusty fingers are a compilation of records that are simply a series of of songs Sam that have been sampled sample. right yeah. right right like some of the most sampled songs right but also some songs where you're like you've never heard it before but then you're like oh right. that's that little part that they took for uh passing right. me by or it, whatever exactly yeah uh so what's uh what's one of the songs that's a good example on this album of of like that that thing that speaks to you as an artist let's go with a war tour definitely because that was the first single and that kind of like when they released it and when I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, shit, okay. And I, I can tell how they kind of sparkled up the, the low end on it. Oh, absolutely. And But then just that sample, man. Yeah, man. The way that sample oh, hit, it was just like, oh, my God. It's so good, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, 1993 release, Midnight Marauders, Tribe Called Quest, The World Tour. Sublime. It's enjoyable to know you in the concubines. Niggas, take off your coats. Ladies, act like gems. Sit down. Indian styles, you recite these hymns. See, lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo. Ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow-mo. Heard me in the 80s, JV's on the promo. Am I never in the quest to get the paper on the caper? But now, let me take it to the queen side. I'm taking it to Brooklyn side. All the residential questions who invade the air. Hold up a second, son, cause we almost there. You could be a black man and lose all your soul. You could be white and blue, but don't prep the road. See, my shit is universal if you got knowledge of all or doubt myself. See, there's no one else who yeah. could tell all the angle. If Award you tour, that, so that, a tribe that, called that, Quest, that, Midnight that, Marauders, 1993. That, so, okay. What is it about this track? Specifically, that... The well, the well in Irvine sample. Yeah. Just that sample. That, that, just that, that organ. organ that, yep. The way that organ hit. I just like the way that organ mm, hit on it's there. It's nice. Yep. And it, then, makes, it makes a nice calming, like a calm vibe to the yep. otherwise like hard right, break right. they have in the right. back. Right. The horn, like that horn they got going through it. The, you know, the drums mm. is real hard. Yeah. The bass line comes in real nice. Yeah. It's just that organ, just is that, that mellowness. Yeah. Yeah, that, that it cuts cuts the edge a little bit. It cuts bit. the edge. It's like that's yeah. the that's the that's the tribe stuff. Right. You know, yeah. that's that undeniable part that you see that's just yeah, tribe. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I also feel like this was one of the tracks because it was the single, mm -hmm. uh, this was like, oh, tribe is on another level lyrically this time. Right. right? That's what I'm saying. And they definitely they, they stepped, stepped it, up. it up a little bit absolutely. more. Absolutely. Like, cause I mean, there are always, you know, you hear them, you know, with native tongues all the time. You know, that was like, but they also fucked with beat nuts. Mm -hmm. They fucked with like Pete and CL a lot. Yeah. So they fucked with, you know, Buster and Leaders of the New School. Absolutely. So they were always around. I always, you know, what's funny is like those crews were all very incestuous yes like they all worked with each other a yeah. lot to the point where like i was almost confused as to who was in native tongue and who, yeah, who wasn't. wasn't right <laughs> yeah right there were so many people that worked with them uh yeah it was, yep. a, it was a lot of guys definitely. a lot of guys that were cross-pollinating yep right? definitely definitely like like when Lars professor showed up i'm like okay i know they shouted him out on the second album but it's like when they started showing up on these albums uh -huh. like, okay and it was like when they shouted the beat nuts out on Low end theory, of course. We went. I went looking for beating that record. Of course, yeah. You know what I mean, of course. And that was that was that's indicative of of what hip hop culture did to me in yep. general. Just every record I bought, I come from the 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 world of liner notes. Yeah. And we yes, right. We you look at the liner notes, and it's like, oh, this sample came from here. And then this is. I mean, I discovered P Funk because of Digital Underground. Yep. Right. I mean, I. I'm a white that kid sense. That in, makes sense. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> we got one record store in town. Right. And uh, I'm not going to go. And, and it's also hard to get music. You got to pay for it. You got to pay buy for it. it. Yep. So I'm not going to go buy records that I haven't heard. 
So of course I'm buying stuff I hear on the radio and I hear I hear people like Digital Underground. I go buy their record inside the liner notes. They're like, uh, yeah, we got this from George Clinton and P-Funk and all this. And I'm like, oh, well now I know I like them. So I go buy them, right? Yep. And and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. and, and the same thing happened with this Tribe record. You read about where they get their samples from. Yes. I discovered the meters because of this record. My funny meter story. Okay, hit me. Always now. Back in like before I moved here, we're always on the hunt for meters records mm-hmm. back home. Always on the hunt for meters records. Never find them. Find one, maybe two. Always just on the hunt. Could never get them. They were so up. We used to go from down but West you were, Palm Beach. You were in Florida. Yeah, like, you I couldn't go from find West them Beach. just over in Florida. No, West Palm Beach. We used to go to Miami. Me and my man Hassan used to go, you know, all over looking for these wow. records. Seriously. And I moved here. When I moved here, and I remember going into um, Louisiana Music Factory. Yeah. And I was like, man, do you have any meters? And the guy looked at me like, you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> the thing he said. I'm like. Yeah, of course we fucking have he was meters. Like, he, was like, he was like, how could you tell? I said, I said how do you know? He said, because, he said, have you ever, I said, I said, I've never seen a meters record. Wow. Bro, until I got here. Because it was like, no, we were just looking for them. They were hard to, to find. We just honest, knew the, the name, the yeah. meters and the records that we wanted. Sissy uh-huh. Strut, Sophisticated Sissy. We knew the name. Yeah. We wanted the records. Couldn't yeah. find them. So then he's like, man, the meters are from here. I said, see, God told me to move here for a reason. Yeah, right. And he pointed me in the direction of 45s, and I think I bought them. And everything, every 40, every meter's 45 they had that, That's beautiful. that was different. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I want this one, this one, this one. <laughs> I remember calling my man Hassan. I said, hi, remember all those meters records we was looking for? Jackpot. I said, I got a surprise because he was coming up to visit. I said, I got a surprise for you when you get here. He was like, man, I was like, uh, That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's great. Uh, all right, so... You mentioned the uh, the the soothing organ right. of the track and the 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 heavy drums and right. the, the juxtaposition between the two. Right uh, now, like is, the lyrics, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, definitely the of lyrics course. were definitely on cue. Of course, and they, you know, they don't overdo it. They really they know their pocket, both mm-hmm. of them. Like it was good watching Fife really yeah, I felt like Fife stepped it up on this one wow yeah. on top of because he was really he was the breakout star on Low End Theory yeah and to watch him really just ramp it up another yeah. notch yeah and I was like okay this also this record also comes from the era of skits yes right Right, but they did it in a really interesting way with that computerized voice. Right, with the intro. Right, and, yeah. and it it reappears throughout the record. Yes, I like that, and that's the the recurring theme of mm-hmm. it. Is like you know, it's like that's the tour guide. Right, you literally right. getting the tour. Yeah, and and which has since been copied. I don't want to say copy, but the, yeah, you know, it's been other done people have done it. Prince yeah. did it. Yeah. on uh, on Rainbow Children. Yep, with like this computerized voice guiding you through the story. Yep, which is kind of the same thing. It's they the were same. Doing here. Yep. Um, but yeah, it felt more sophisticated than other records yes. because of that. It mm-hmm. felt like, okay, yeah, we're going to take these skits. Yeah. Like you're really gonna... like, like I, I remember cause I, was, I used to, I used to live on the West Bank and work in the East. Okay. So I remember just getting on a bus, putting headphones on, hitting play yeah. and just letting it just take you. Uh-huh. And it, it'll literally just do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this, this record along with records from this time period right right i mean you had like into the 36 chambers right we had uh, 21 over records that came out in the in 93 alone yes look man look at that you got professor x the overseer boots album i remember that album heavy d and the boys blue funk was a very 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 underrated hip-hop classic if you really anything that album is pete rock and Uh premiere primarily Prem- wow. Pete really? Rock, Premier, and uh, Tony Dofat. And there's really. I have to I don't say, think there's I any am... commercial. That is probably. That's Heavy D's most backpack friendly album ever. <laughs> I love that backpack yep. friendly. Because I'll tell you what, man. Like, aside from that that record that had Now That We Found Love on it, right. like, I'm not. Now, my Heavy D and the Boys knowledge is very the, limited. That album right there, though, Blue Funk. Really? Oh, my God. God. See, okay, so you got records like that. Yeah. You got Tupac Strictly, his second studio yep, Strictly release. for my niggas. Uh, that's my favorite Tupac album. That's definitely it's I it's up there for me. I'm partial to uh Me Against, Against the, the World. World. Well, yeah. Me Against the World is that's that. Yeah. Me yeah. Against the World was the that was the breakthrough. That was but, the, the awakening, so yeah, to speak. Right. Uh, of like But you, you know, had like the first Mob really Deep album, Juvenile Hell, the intoxicated. Oh, you had 
Onyx. Onyx, right? Motion Underground. Like both of those albums, like as my man would say for LL, 14 whack ass songs. But I actually like 14 Shots to the Dome. Really? But it's because it fit the sound. It was that sound. It was real that was, hard drums. That was when he. That was when he switched up a little bit. A little right? bit. It was hard. It was like right he after. Was trying to go that's hard. That's the album right after Mama said knock you out. Yeah, yeah. He and was he trying to, to. He was trying to be a little bit more gangster. Yeah, because he had hooked up with um with T Ray, and he hooked up with like mugs and shit. Uh huh. I remember that. that. I remember that. But then, but you also have Guru putting out yep. Jazzmatazz volume, volume one. one. I mean, and most of these records, I used to call it my wild pair playlist. Uh-huh. Like, cause that's what you would hear if you came and bought shoes with me. Like MC Light, ain't, yep, no, ain't other. no other. Come on, come yep, on, JB's man. with the Remedy, the Intelligent Hoodlum album, Mac Mall repping the Bay, Biz, all yep. samples cleared, all samples cleared. That Return of the Boom Bat from KRS, Blue Mind State was another album that really got me through it. Ah, uh, Code Red. Yep. DJ Jazz, Jazz and Jeff and the, the Fresh Prince. Prince. That's kind of when they started to fall off, though, right? Yeah, like Code, Code Red was like the end. That was yeah. the end of the line. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have to say, sidebar. As a group, though. But, sidebar. Uh-huh. Right. I feel like when he came back and did Lost and Found, right. it was kind of dope. Yeah. It was kind of dope. Am I wrong? No, no, no. Am not at all. Like, okay. Yeah, it all was right. dope. Thank you. When you got like <laughs> that leaders, the second Leaders album, End yeah, of the man. Stage. Oh my, yeah. Like the Eric Sermon, No Pressure was killer. Queen Latifah, Black Rain. Black Rain was killer. Snoop Dogg, Dog Dogg Style, Style killer. That yep, that Dale, No Need for a Long. came out that year. Holy shit. Yep, Lethal Injection. And then, and then the, 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 the step cousin of the hip hop jazz movement, the Us Three Hand yep, on the Torch. Hand on the Torch. <laughs> that kind of. They'd had that one oh, song, yeah. but they had whack MCs on it. Right. The, the music, the music was, was killer. Yep. The music was great, but the MCs were kind of whack. Yeah, I just don't think... I think also... I wouldn't even call them... The, I wouldn't really call them whack. I think the fact that they were signed to Blue Note, like, you got to kind of... You got some really non-hip-hop people running right. the show. So That's it's kind of... So they kind of, you know... They kind of... I think they kind of softened their, their stance and right. their appearance, kind of PM dawned it. <laughs> Hey man, and that's no knock on them because I like you know I, love PM I like Dawn. PM Don. I mean, I actually I played with PM Don, man. I that's like dope. Those guys. Oh, that's I like dope. those guys. That's dope. Uh, all right, so what's the next song off of this record you want to talk about? Oh, man? let's talk about. I was going to do electric relaxation, but I'm gonna hold off. Okay, because we talked about midnight. Yes, I like midnight. midnight. Midnight was um, kind of like his collaboration with Raphael Wiggins. All he did with all Raphael did was do wow, wow, wow. But right. that was actually, and he actually just sung a sample. Really? That's actually, it's actually a sample. I forgot the name of the record that they okay. sampled. But I like Midnight because it's so minimal. All right. It's like the sample that they use is minimal. It's really more reliant on the drum, uh, the subs within the bass line, and just Q-Tip taking you on the trip. Word. All right. Well, let's check out uh, Midnight from Midnight Marauders by the Tribe Called Quest, 1993. What was this on? Jive? Jive. But the night is on my mind So Paul A while I drop this rhyme See, Jake be getting early when the sun get dark He be coming out for heads, but you don't let me start There's activities aplenty in the nighttime So the ghetto child seem to be the right time See, kids be getting stuck with jewels or fly gimmicks Shorty see the action and it starts to mimic Running to the corner, the dice game is raising Looking at the loop, it seems so amazing Puts the short down to be exact when pound He shakes the stones in his hands, then he lets it down Uh Scared money don't make none He threw a trip on the ace, now he's out, son Hits the local bodega, the wolf down the hero Sun is on a midnight run like De Niro Spots a shorty rock standing on his block The fees behind him to pump, so we asked if it's not Conversation that he kicked to the shorty was a slowing Increased intensity, cause there she was a flowing Took her to the crib, there she ran her jibs About mind up with me and being positive He yawned and he sighed to 105 Then he finally realized the honey was alive at least he didn't plan on building for the evening Do the feel out on the dome and said, come on, yo, we leaving Came out on the scene as he told her to be from So his man Sam with the blunt in his hand You know the transaction Brothers getting lost in the weed satisfaction Coming down the block, man, loudest You would swear red man was inside the truck As the night seemed darker, cops is on the hunt They interrupt your cypher and crush your blunt yeah, Midnight from yes. a Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. Uh, what people don't give Q-Tip enough credit for, I think, is being a storyteller. They don't. Right? He's a damn good storyteller. He's not bad, man. I mean, it's always no. in that weird, like, abstract thing he does. Yeah. Uh, but it's, 
you know, he's good at it. It's a dope story. Yeah, yeah. right? So, okay, so the you're right. This yeah. track is very minimalistic. Yeah. The now that that voice yeah. in the background that that's Ralph. Yeah, that's um, that's a sample and Raphael singing along on top of the sample. Okay. Yeah. With cute, like he which, came yeah. in and yeah. did it with did Q-tip. It. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize that that. Uh, I, didn't, I thought that was like a sample from like a record somewhere. Yep. I mean, like I said, like it's an actual record, but he uh, sung along over the top of it. That's add, interesting, add to right, it, yeah. to add to it. That's great. Yep. See, so people, so they're, see friends, hip hop was not all about stealing things from people. No. Sometimes the artists were in on it and they were down for it, all right? All the time. More, more times than not. More times than not. I agree. Yep. I agree because there's a, there's something, there's something to be said for the found art movement, right? Like finding something and making something more out of it making yep. especially when you come from say you come from a family that can't afford musical instruments Correct. but then you discover that percussive thing that you can do on a turntable right and djing is born right so, exactly yeah and then it, and it helps it helps take it helps keep music immortal Mo right right it does. It, it does you're right uh again there's a lot of music that i never would have discovered if it weren't for hip-hop hip -hop. exactly Exactly. Big time. I and, mean, same here. It's right. A lot of and the like, tradition of hip hop pu pushing, taking what was done before and pushing it forward, taking it up to an another plateau, so to speak. Yep. And it also it awakened, like, like hip hop spawned the whole beat digger movement. And it's like crate digging and yeah. just not even necessarily just looking for just like certain genres of music. Like we started going beyond just you know soul records and jazz records right. and rock records. Right. Like we started going into the classical records, mm -hmm. going into like going into the different movie scores and man movie and soundtracks, movie scores, French man. movie scores yes. from the seventies. Yes, talk about a treasure trove of of, of samples. Asian right. movie scores from the 70s Right, as well. right. Yep. I mean, who, who ta Wu-Tang taught us Because it was so right. funny just because if you listen to a lot of that, like, outside of America, is like from Africa, France, mm. Germany, they all they all wanted to be funky. Right, absolutely. It was a lot of funk getting played out absolutely. there. It was like, it was a lot. There, and there's a lot of, like, different versions of funk. Like, yeah. And the same thing kind of happened with funk uh, that happened... Well, it happened with funk on two levels. Yeah. People heard funk music, started playing it live, right? Right. Uh, in, through the prism of whatever their culture was. Right, right? yeah. So you've got funk music with island vibes to it. And you've right, got funk, funk music, music with, with rock and roll. Rock and yeah, roll definitely. vibes and African vibes. Yep. And, and then hip-hop comes along, yep. takes funk music, and then... Does does it does it the same way? But the we put hip hop. hop. Yep, exactly. 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 Yep. But the thing I love about hip hop in particular, one of the things, one of the many things, of course, uh, is the idea of all right. I'm going to take this little jazz loop. I'm going to take this funk loop. I'm going to take these rock drums. And Here's put them all together. Yeah, right? I'm going to put them all together, right? and then I'm going to get my buddy to rap over top of it or whatever. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's it's such a beautiful it, movement born from. It was always the art of making do with what you had, right? Right. If you had anything and at teenage all, teenage creativity, that yes. raw like before anybody had cell phones, that raw teenage creativity yep. of just wanting to make something your own. Yep. Right. Like I love I'm, it. Like watching. Watching, um, just watching different movies. You know a movie also, I don't know if you've watched, I don't know if you've seen the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Of course, yeah. Shit is incredible. Oh, it's a good one. It was it's a good like, one. cause it, I, it, just, it, just their creative process reminded mm -hmm. me so much of how hip hop is different. Right. Especially when they did We Will Rock You. Okay, yeah, because you go in and you look at it, it's like this motherfucker was actually sitting stomping on bleachers. Yeah, they had bleachers called into the studio. Yeah, and so that they could get that. So get they that could sale. say, okay, well, uh, you know, we want our, we want the crowd to be as involved as we are. Right, right, and it's the same. That's hip hop, hip -hop. right? That right? is completely hip hop. Absolutely, that's why is. that break always found its way mm -hmm. in hip hop circles. Mm -hmm. And the thing that pulled me. People like me, I feel like, into hip hop was that kind of a punk rock, anti-establishment, yes. DIY. Exactly kind of thing, that whole because right? they're cousins, right? Like, right, exactly. Like I was like the Beastie Boys, the perfect example because mm -hmm. they were they were a they punk were band, they were right? a punk band. Yeah. They were they were a punk band, but they liked hip hop, right? And they and their glue their their conduit into it was Rick Rubin, yeah, because Rick was the DJ, yeah. Like, man, I fuck with this hip hop shit, bro. Here, do some of that over these beats, and mm. that spawned. Chuck D. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, that right. brought up, 
You know, say, I could do that shit too. And then we're going to bring this, Hell we're yeah. going to bring this to And it. then we got DMC and, right. and, 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 and yeah. And then, was... but even then I don't feel like I could relate to hip hop until the jazz element started coming in. I felt like I always loved hip hop, mm-hmm. but when this era was ushered in with albums like this and the jazz Metaz series, I think and, it was the melodies. What, could be it could yeah, be the fact that the, the the melody i also come from a jazz family right so i grew I was, up with jazz you know what i mean and and i feel like the the subject matter uh while i was too young to really care too much about social movements and that kind of thing right i was getting into i was just starting to get into that right like like opening my eyes to social injustice right, right? but at the same time i'm discovering people like beat poetry you know, uh, like like Bukowski or like uh, uh, um, Burroughs, people like that, right? I'm discovering all this stuff from the beat era and and the psychedelic movement, and these cats come in and they sound like beat poets, right? Right. That was the whole vibe, and that's what brought me in. I I heard, uh, uh, and I've told this story before. I heard uh, a Diggable Planets, and that's what I was like. Ah, oh, yeah. there's something for me here, right? Right. And then I, you know, I dig deeper and I find Native Tongue and Africa Bambata, and and of course all these other things that I can that would l- have its moment in the spotlight, mm-hmm. but then later become what's termed as backpack rap. Backpack rap. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Back then it was just rap. Yeah. Back yeah, then was, that's just was, what that's we had. What was on. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. And then I feel yeah. like the last great like like uh explosion of it was what's the scenario yeah i feel like after what's the scenario pop rap started, started kind of taking yeah, over and gangster yep. rap became the thing and then and then it all meshed into one big like commercial rap right right just commercial rap right everything else had been pushed underground uh what's the what's the last track on this album you want to talk about man? last track on this album will be lyrics to go lyrics to go lyrics to go is my favorite track on this album it showcases fife at his at his one of his peaks it does and it showcases six eight drum six eight drum pattern temp tempo that will fuck a dj up if you try to mix this record because it's six eights all right <laughs> six eight temp, six let's, eight measures uh, let's give a listen to lyrics to go it's actually one of my personal favorites on the album too the rhythmic variation waking in the morning i still represent the nation when i speak a nation please don't make the deviation rebels of the party who create the drum sensation mind is a pit of different information microphone is on so i cross communication mogul at the party then you got the vogulation Show was if my name was Jason Making all the fellas at the party lose composure Hook up the beat with the mic and it's over Try to request me on the run for whatever Tries the tribulations that we have to endeavor Brothers know my sealer, it's a letter to the better If you see your shorty that you like, then your sweater Silly with the microphone, in other words, I'm loco Six foot zero with my hike, but your toco Representing over mic, it seems to be my daily I could do a split and turn around like ever nearly But when it comes to days like this, I got lyrics to go I know it's been two years, but see the job was never falling Would've tried for singing, but that stuff was not my calling The mic is in effect, so you know I'm never stalling Walking through the door and all them suckers started hauling Talk a lot of trash, but no one could seem to beat it Pull out your microphone and watch the fight for make you eat it The MCs, they get jelly when the girlies up my belly Kick a slow dance like my brother R. Kelly Today's a hip-hop draft, will I be top-seated? Work too freaking hard while all the rest will get weeded Lyrics to Go, Tribe Called Quest, 1993, seminal hip-hop release, Midnight Marauders. Uh, I notice in this track that thing you were talking about. 6-8. Well, the 6-8, but also it's so smooth, and then suddenly there's this electric guitar riff. Yes. But the way that it's mixed in, it's not overpowering. Nope. It it doesn't It floats. Yeah, it floats on it. It doesn't affect the the, the, the calmness of the track. Right. But how you can but keep it calm and cool with hard ass drums and an electric guitar riff over top of it and still remain in In that cool pocket cool pocket yeah the mini ripperton sample and then they were they they did they did the genius thing and cut the first four cut the first measure off Uh and did second third fourth and looped it that's it that was like like you can't mix this record if you're trying to mix it with the sample you can do it with the beat just listen because because they rap it's because it's going to end on an even it's going to end on a 32 you know what i mean uh yeah so it's, it's going to end doing. like it's supposed to end right but the way the sample plays is just crazy okay so 
have, how often do you well mix now this into your set? I do I mix it into my set now uh, like I'll mix it into my set but it's like I'll do it I'll use that electric relaxation stakes is high uh -huh. and much more all four of those records have the exact same I fucking love your thing. taste man yep those yeah, the, I love your taste buddy oh yeah uh, okay so this album comes into your life yeah right like I was what do you do what do you do what's the now, what's me, the what's the impact for me really going beat digging really yeah. really digging because i was like i said like when i was really just getting my feet wet here in the city like i hadn't been here a year mm -hmm. literally it was like i had you know met a few met a few people you know i'm um, really just setting up um had a previous marriage and that was going whatever how that was doing so sure. i, I kind of immersed myself in the music so when this album came out I was able to always digest it because I was riding the bus from the east to the west bank, the west bank to the east, uh -huh. and the stops on Canal Street in between. And you know, I started meeting people like met Charlie V. You know, man, you DJ, yeah. And they had a turntable set up over there. It's like you know, they never let me fuck with it, but <laughs> he knew by the, my yeah. taste in music, I knew what I was doing. Yeah, sure. And so he finally came out and saw me on some jams, and you know, it was cool. And you know, he always looked out for me. Then I started meeting like who would eventually become like my psycho war brothers like yeah. they were coming to the shoe store they're here like i'm playing pete rock oh shit Hell yeah. you know because new orleans uh, at the time you know in early 90s like you had like a hip hip-hop like what like this yeah but it was mostly you know as far as like the mainstream hip-hop more like they like ghetto boys they like scarface it was more you know more gangster mm -hmm. west coast nwa so the people who like this we kind of yeah. stuck together yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. and that became the foundation for what would come after that like the late 90s when bionic and renaissance and yeah. you know when quickie and then 2000 when truth came you know because mm -hmm. i actually left and went back to florida for 18 oh, really? months right after we dropped the cycle ward album i had to go back because some shit previous marriage whatever uh -huh. so i went back to florida for 18 months but when it was opportunity to come back, I came my ass right back. Yeah. So I so I came back in early '99 and just just hit the yeah. ground running, and yeah. that's when you know started going to different events, just meeting people. You know, besides you know my own Psycho War family, met Truth, yeah. met Truth at a um thing was at, at one of the MC battles that they used to have. They had at the Hard Rock, the one they had at the Hard it was an MC battle they had at the Hard Rock Cafe. Okay. And Bonnet was in it. My man John Doe was in it. Truth was in it. And after that, like we kind of started talking, and I know he needed he was getting ready to start grassroots. Okay. And then we kind of just stayed, you know. Yeah. Stayed. Grassroots was one of the things that I enjoyed going to when I first moved here. Right. When I first moved here, I was like, "There's got to be a, a hip hop scene that's not the Master P and the and the bounce thing." Because I mean, while I look all due respect, it's not it's just not my thing. Right. I was looking, like you said, I was looking for that. That, that corner, that pocket of people that of like-minded individuals, mm -hmm. and I would find it at Poetry Slam. I remember the Red Room, the old Red Room, Red Room. to do Poetry Slams, right? And MCs would kind of be there too, you right. know. And so I'd go to those, and uh, and that's and the grassroots things were some of the first times I saw right. you. Um, and when you would, when I would catch your sets, I was always like, "Yeah, me and this guy are cut from the same cloth." You know what I mean? <laughs> like this, and I can and I can hear. Yeah the uh the influence of right. this kind of music in not just you know the stuff that you're that you're spinning for other people or right. at, at your at your set during your sets but also in some of your production work right right so okay so who have you done production work for let's see um like my man raw dizzy i've done some work for currency truth universal um lyric hill um like um Got projects working in the works right now with Alfred Banks. All right. Um, got some production coming soon from Razcast. Um, got some production hopefully coming soon from Sky Zoo. Uh, Marcel P. Blacks. I he told me he's gonna use. Uh, I landed the title track to his um to his latest album that's gonna be coming out soon. That's beautiful. Um, so it's, 
Got my arms in a lot of fires. Um, did my own. We did an album. Me and my man Cutlass from the Cycle War. We did. We dropped Strong Arm Lewis. So you're still album. working with Cats from Cycle War from mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Oh yeah, without That's a doubt. Beautiful man. Yeah, like That's um, yeah, we just like me and Raj move. We still click clack jam tight. Like right, especially all the DJs. So yeah, we definitely stay. Of course. But as far as from the MCs, yeah, definitely me and my man Cutlass. We dropped um, Born from Ashes last uh, November's uh, Strong Arm Lewis. That's our uh, name. It was. I took it. It was my production alias. Just back when, because Brian used to just like strong. I said, yeah, I'm strong arm Lewis. You know, <laughs> Lewis Armstrong, just backwards. Yeah, right. He used to put it in the rap. I was like, yeah, that's fucking right. That's like me. It. And I like so it. I was like, we decided, to, I decided to name the group that. Okay, I like, you know. bro, I like that name. Yeah. That's a dope name. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we dropped a little album. It's pretty dope, though. You know, you can look it up. Definitely. It's called, Bo it's, yeah. it's Born From Ashes. Great, man. Yep. Well, and, uh, you know, if you ever need album artwork, Yes, I might got, be I just, guy. I, I, you will be the guy. That's why I'm going to commission you for a lot of shit. Bro. Uh, well, there's a the, you know a lot of the guys that you were mentioning that you've done production work for. I've I've right. done album artwork for. Right. You know what I mean. So it it just feels like it just feels right. Yep. That should happen. Yep. Uh, all right, man. So a tribe called Quest. Midnight Marauders is one of the seminal albums for you, not Definitely. just for hip hop culture, but for you. Yeah, and, just for and me. That's like that's an album. Like to this day, I can put it on and not hit skip. It's time. It's timeless. Record. It is one of those no skippers, right? Yep. There's there's just a few albums like that for me, like like the uh, D'Angelo's first album, Brown Sugar, definitely. Brown Sugar, definitely. Uh, Lauren Hill's first or her only the only album, album Miseducation. Yeah, the yeah. Miseducation was that. There's no skippers on that. Definitely. And I'm gonna venture to say this album and Low End Theory both. Both of them, definitely. No skippers. Back to right? back. You can run them back to back. I used to run them back to back. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. And and while they they seem cut from the same cloth, there's definite growth between the two. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, all right, EF, thank you so much for coming through today, man. Oh, man, I appreciate it. I really you. appreciate it. I really appreciate it. It was great hanging out with you, catching up with you. Oh. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people get in touch with you? Right now, man, you can catch me on Twitter, Facebook, at EF Cutting. E-F-C-U-T-T-I-N. Um, Three the Hard Way podcast. We drop every Thursday. Um, that's T-H-R-E-E-T-H-E-H-A-R-D-W-A-Y podcast. Uh, you can find it on um, all platforms. You guys have been going for a minute with that, right? Yeah, man. We're working on episode 78. That's beautiful. Yep. That's beautiful, man. So definitely uh, Three the Hard Way. So yeah, definitely look us up. Um, what else we got going? Um, just... Coming soon, like um, records from Alfred Banks, Razzcast. Just look for the production coming soon. All right, it's going to be all right. That's great, man. I'm glad to see you're still working, brother. Oh, I'm yeah. Re I'm really glad to see. Because, shit, how many guys do we know that have fallen off? A lot. A lot. It's right? a lot. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, it's really great seeing you, man. Um, EF, if you could draw a straight line from Tribe Called Quest to one of your compositions, mm -hmm. what would it be? Um, let's see. Probably the one I'm gonna let you say. I just I, I think I, I I labeled it bar uh barcode fifteen. It's pretty dope. Um it's got a couple turns in it, kinda fast. Um picks up a little bit. It gets into a nice little gets to a nice jazz horn riff. So what it are, escalates. It's pretty dope. So what in, in your mind, what are the what are the comparisons? What what was the inspiration? Um, what, can can you point can you point at something on Tribe Called Quest that inspired you to do this particular? Probably the freneticness of scenario. Okay. Because it's kind of like about 96, 97 BPMs on uh -huh. it. It's kind of yeah, just the freneticness of scenario. Um kind of like Steve Biko, just kind of the way the drums hit. Right. That's great, man. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, and what's this? What, what were you calling this one again? Uh, this is because uh, I had did a couple series. Uh, I did a series called Barcode, which is just a whole bunch of beats. I think people could spit bars to. Oh, a lot okay. of it became Alfred Banks records. Uh, some is gonna become like the new Strong Arm Lewis album. Um, and so this one was Barcode. I just titled it Barcode 15. Barcode 15, ladies and gentlemen. Barcode 15, directly inspired by Tribe Called Quest, uh, Midnight Marauders. EF, thanks again for coming through, man. I really man, appreciate, I appreciate you. you, bro. It's all good. All love. Anytime. Always. always. All right, guys. Barcode 15 from New Orleans staple and production genius and turntable technician, Mr. EF Cotton. Peace.